You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos Country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to milehighhuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos. Four check marks. We'll put that fifth one in here. One second. Always that manual one. I don't know why we can't just do all of them together at once. It's always something, right, Carl? Um, new course. haircut, by the way? Yeah, yeah. I thought before I head down to the Caribbean areas that I, I should get the, the shorter hair. You know, sure? I thought about coming back with the, like, very long hair flowing, and uh, nah, that's just not me. It's not for you? Those days nah, are long not gone. <laughs> All right. Well, that, that, that's fine. Um, welcome in, everybody. Hopefully it's uh, Tuesday night and that is for you, which means it's a, a time for an episode of Building the Broncos. Of course, I am your host, Nick Kendall, along with my good friend and co-host, Carl Dummler. Carl's getting ready to head off to uh, whereabouts, not unknown, but uh, abroad. And yeah. uh, I'm just getting back from my backyard, which is pretty awesome, uh, doing some Alpine Lakes wilderness, backcountry fishing and hiking and backpacking. But uh Welcome in, guys, building the Broncos. Um, we're going to talk a little bit of quarterbacks today. Shocker. Um, Broncos <laughs> in general and see where the chat leads us. Um, you guys can follow, follow Carl and myself on Twitter, myself at Nick Kendall MHH, and Carl, of course, at Carl Dummer MHH. While you guys are there, follow us also on Twitter at BTB Football Pod and at Mile High Hutter. My, mile High Huddle. Mile High Hutter. Man, too many shows. You can tell I hiked like 16 miles yesterday. Um, <laughs> also, guys, if you are joining us today on Facebook, First off, shout out to everybody giving the stars. It's been really helping us out, and we appreciate that. But while you're over on Facebook, make sure you follow us at facebook.com forward slash milehighhuddle, as well as facebook.com forward slash milehighhuddlepod. Um, and also, while you're there, make sure you click a react reaction of some sort. We got the likes coming in from George Fox, uh, Miguel, oh, his name just disappeared, Miguel, said it, man, Miguel S., Mark Lindemann, Dan Hayes, George Fox, Dustin Nagel, uh, Chris, my mother, shout out mom with the heart react, Greg Smith and DeAndre Witherspoon. Um, appreciate you guys giving the react, but if you haven't dropped the react yet, make sure you do that. If you guys are joining us on YouTube today, please subscribe, like, and share, hit that little bell for the notification. So that way you guys know when we go live and you can just hop on, you know, sometimes you lose track of time and it's like, oh my gosh, it's already five o'clock. Won't even matter. You get that push notification and come in and hang out with us. And that's not obviously just our show. That's all of them. Mile high insiders, um, the huddle up the Valley deep divers, Broncos for breakfast, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, Carl, let's get into it. I feel like it's been a hot second. Um, how you doing, buddy? Life's good? You know, it, it's a little crazy, obviously, yeah. Yeah. getting ready to go and get all the last minute details because there, there's like no, hey, we can just turn around the vehicle, come back and get what we need. Uh, so getting all that figured out, getting my kids school figured out has been a whole new thing today. Um, paperwork galore, all that fun stuff. So uh, but Still loving life, still loving what's going on, and and uh, and just excited that we're that much closer to the season. Wish we would have had a little bit of an announcement today, but didn't quite happen for us. But uh, anyway, it's just great to to see you back, man. I know you've yeah. been on quite the adventure as well. I saw your your wonderful giant fish that you caught. That's like this big, right? It was one of a few, but they're they're panfish, right? Uh, yeah. And all the Alpine Lake wilderness, you got to get way down in the. Uh, the streams and creeks and rivers to catch the bigger trout. But uh, it was a good time. It was uh, exhilarating. It was good to get out there. Man, beautiful water. Happy to be there, but happy to be back too. And let's get to the comment section. Speaking about people are happy, happy to be around. We got Robert Kitchen saying second go Broncos. Team Teddy. Oh, come on, Robert. We don't we don't have to get into that immediately off the gate. Uh, Dylan Von Arx coming in. Sup Broncos country. Good to see you, Dylan. George Fox saying that uh, those that are saying trade Drew are the ones rooting for Teddy. Don't understand it. 
Um, I don't want to trade either of them. I'm hoping they both yeah. continue to play well and succeed and exceed expectations, which seemingly they have been. And also, it seems like those two are getting along pretty well as well. Mike bringing up a good point here, or an interesting tidbit from today's practice. Uh, Drew and Teddy were getting some extra reps with each other running routes. Um, I think that's a cool story. God, please protect those knees, boys. How how yeah. unfortunate would it be, like, you know, Drew, not knock on wood, like, ruptures something, running a route for after practice with Teddy. Like, I, I appreciate the camaraderie. That's fun, little backyard stuff. Stay safe, guys. Stay safe. Yeah. Um. <laughs> what, what do you think about this? Oh, we might have a superstar coming in here. Okay. Ooh. Go ahead, Carl. Well, yeah. So just so everybody knows, if you haven't been in the chat here for a little bit or maybe you've forgotten, uh, we have a little raffle that's going on. For 500,000 stars on Facebook, you can go over to the, the Facebook stream and contribute stars. And uh, every star that you put in there gets you a ticket into the uh, into the raffle. And we are 64% of the way to 500,000 stars. So when we get to 500,000, we got a Von Miller jersey that is going to be available. So right now we got some, some great leaders. We got Stuart McPeak there at number one. Uh, he is... Uh, contributed 36,700 stars. So wow. got a really good chance there at the Jersey. Same for Travis Weber at 25,780. Randy Jones at 25,400. Andrew Lampy with 24,005. Howie freaking day at five at 22,175. Michael Roquillo with uh, 20,799. Travis Tarbucks with 12,450. Sean Miller with 10,724. Gary Leeds Palmer with 10,200, Andrew Baker with 10,090, and uh, and on down the list here, Simon Weeb, Claude Riley, uh, Butch Butch, <laughs> Peter Middleton, Brian Bauman, uh, or Bowman, uh, you know, just, hey, we really appreciate all of you guys in the chat that, that have been a part of that, and uh, just really cheering you guys on to go get that Von Miller jersey. So anybody can contribute, anyone can be a part of that. Like I said, just head over to the Facebook stream, and on there is the ability to to give stars and gets you right into that raffle, gives everyone that it contributes a chance to go win that. So I, I highly recommend it. Get on over there. And uh, we'd love to be able to get that picture of you in that Von Miller jersey. And speaking of Stuart McPeak, we got him coming in here in the in the chat. Always love seeing Mr. Stu. And uh, so just appreciate see, yeah, all of that. And all of you guys that are in the chat, whether it's YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, uh, whatever it is, we really appreciate it. We got EJ, what's up, Broncos country? Uh, all you guys, it's just always fun every week to see you guys coming back and being a part of this. Uh, we know D Dustin Noggle coming in saying, We know Zach and Chad's preference on the quarterback situ situation. Who's your personal preference, guys? Ooh, that's a loaded question. Um, I've I don't have a personal preference. I just want the guy who's going to win games. I don't give a hoot. As long as they're not like a craptastic human being, you know, like pictures of them out there, like punching out dogs and like spitting on kids, <laughs> right? Like that, that, if they're winning games then I don't, I don't need that. Um, but uh, you no, know, I, as long as they're winning football games and uh, taking care of stuff off the field, I could give a hoot who it is. I just want the best guy to win. And if that means it's Teddy Bridgewater, great. If it's Drew Locke, honestly, even better given younger, more tools, uh, longer um, control with two years left on his contract. But I don't care. I feel like I have no rooting interest in this. My heart, I'll be, I mean, you guys know this. My heart was ripped out when we passed on Justin Fields because I thought Justin Fields was going to be awesome. Him and Trey Lance, I loved them both. Um, so now I'm just like, well, didn't get exactly what I want, but it's also not my decision to make. So I'm just going to continue to analyze it and hope for the best uh, case scenario for the name on the front of the jersey. 
don't give a yeah. flying hoot what the name says on the back. I don't care. <laughs> Might as well take them off. Yeah. I, the guy that I think gives the Broncos the best chance doesn't mean that I think it, it, it's not my preference per se. It's the guy just that I think gives the Broncos the best chance. Uh, for me, it would be Teddy Bridgewater. Okay. I, I think that one, I, I think people are underestimating his ceiling a little bit. He was on his way last year before his knee injury uh, to over 20 touchdowns for the season, uh, two to tw- two to one touchdown to interception ratio. Uh, when he was with New Orleans in his five-game stretch, he was on pace for a three-to-one touchdown-interception ratio on the season. Was looking great, had a great offensive line, had great weapons, kind of like what he has here in Denver. And and so I, I do think that maybe people are underestimating it a little bit. And I think he also fits these kind of weapons, where it's highly accurate quarterback that gives the yards after catch ability. Mm-hmm. That's that's the big thing for me get your playmakers the ball where they can go make plays. And, and so that's why I lean a little bit Teddy, but it's not like it's like this giant difference where I'm like, Oh man, it's gotta be Teddy. I would, I wouldn't mind if it's, if it's lock either. I, I like him. I like his upside. I like some of what he brings compared to Teddy. And, and so it's just a little bit of a uh, pick your flavor kind of situation mm-hmm. with the Broncos and the quarterback situation. Yeah. I agree with you there. And something that watching these two preseason games that stuck out with me was a to expect the Broncos offensive line to dominate like they did again in against the Vikings who were playing none of their defensive starters is not realistic. That's just, Oh, the Broncos had the number one passing pass blocking unit in football week one of preseason and all the quarterbacks look amazing. Well, no dip, but that's, that should not be the benchmark, right? That was an outlier. uh, And typically you're going to have more pressure than that. And from what I've seen, from these quarterbacks, not just just these this season, but historically, Teddy Bridgewater is slightly better under pressure than Drew Locke with his decision makings, with his mechanics, maneuvering the pocket, not creating negative plays for the offense, which then hamstrings not only the offense but the defense as well. Um, so really, if that's the biggest factor I think going on this, besides like the leadership, getting guys in the right checks, et cetera, et cetera, but who can do the best and not hurt the team, get out of the way of the playmakers of the defense, and a lot of that can be. Uh, how good that player is under pressure, not making mistakes when things go off the wall. Right. I'm with you there. Uh, I see some commenting about uh, Teddy and his red zone issues. Yeah. Drew Locke and is he- not great in the red zone either. So, <laughs> you know, I think we kind of forget some of the the struggles that really showed up a lot last year in many different ways. And so, so both quarterbacks have had their struggles. Both of them have yeah. their, their strengths. Teddy is highly yeah. accurate. Drew Locke's got a little bit more oomph in his arm, a little bit more improv ability to go make some big plays out of nothing. Um, but he's not as accurate. He's not as consistent. Yeah. Teddy's probably a little bit better pre-snap and post-snap of understanding what a defense is throwing at him. Now, given some of that, he's been in the league for this will be his seventh year. That that yeah. plays into it. Um, but yeah, sorry, that's me. Uh, but wow. yeah, it's <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it's uh, it, it really is kind of a little bit of a, a pick your preference. And I think that's why they're having a little bit of struggle because I'm sure that there are some guys in that room that want the more aggressive quarterback. And there's others that want the, the little bit more late or, you know, mechanical and, and what they're doing, what they're bringing to the table and, and not going to put the team in, in a bad situation. Yeah. 
Nope, absolutely. You're correct there. We got Butch Butch coming in here with uh, stars, I believe. Um, thank you very much, Butch Butch, with 600. Stuart McPeak coming in with 5,000. And also Travis Ooh. Weber with 125. So uh, shout out to you guys. And uh, Travis, friend going back. Uh, let's get to the super as well. Andrew Morrow uh, saying, I think this star transaction puts me in the lead. Here are 10 million stars. The one star times 10 million uh, for the favorite show of the week. Well, thank you very much, Andrew. You're a big supporter and appreciate the heck out of you. Also saw some people comment in was Nick for the second time today. I apologize. I know it's not what anybody wants. My wife would be turning, tuning off. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but uh, appreciate you guys joining in here today um, for talking some football here. And I see some people saying T- Teddy equals mediocrity. That's why I'm not a fan. I agree with you to a certain extent, Cam. And I think, I think you have merits to your comment here. But the Broncos have not had mediocrity, at, even mediocrity at the quarterback since, let's be completely honest, 2014. They have not, maybe Case Keenum in 2018, maybe, especially with how bad that team was around him. That that was a bad roster around him. Yeah. Stop. Not good. Um, and his numbers were mediocre. Some garbage time stuff, but that was the closest we've been since yep. 2014. Mediocre with how this roster is shaping up with a top three to five defense with a all these pass catching weapons they have with hopefully an average offensive line, although the interior is making me worried, which is one reason I might be leaning Teddy over Drew um, is uh, there should be a good team around him. And if you can get mediocre out of that quarterback position, that can do some stuff this year. But mm-hmm. uh, that's it's not a long term solution, but I'm going to be fully transparent with you guys. I don't see either Drew or Teddy being long-term solutions on this team. I, I just don't, no. um, based on what we've seen. I guess there's more of a chance Drew Lock can become the guy, but his his opportunity has been leading up to this point right now, right? Like, everybody's like, oh, Josh Allen, third-year leap, et cetera, et cetera. We would know about that right now because he would be beating out Teddy Bridgewater, right? Like, it's just, it, we're yeah. not there. And they've both been solid. It's not like either of them have been bad. I just don't think either of them are that long-term franchise guy. So I'm thinking more who gives us the best chance to maximize this roster right now. No, I'm I'm with you. You know, you got a lot of guys that jobs and contracts are on the line. This goes beyond the quarterback position. I know a lot of people kind of have that GM mindset. What's maybe best for the team? Yeah, I, I understand that, but not everybody can have that mindset. Especially the coaches, the the players on the field. I mean, Sutton's yeah. up for a big contract. Uh, you got Gordon that's trying to maybe play for his next contract. Uh, you got Tim Patrick as another one that's trying to get that big contract. And, and so they're, they're probably looking at this going, who gives me the best chance to go make the most money? And, and they're not sitting there saying, I'm trying to play for, you know, this guy to prove that he can be something, you know, Von Miller, he's not getting any younger. He's not sitting here saying, man, I, I just want to see if this kid can develop. He's sitting there saying, I want to win now. And uh, so I, I just, <laughs> yeah, Tasha coming here saying, can you please stop your show? Uh, I would, I would like my husband to listen to me. (laughs) I'm sorry. Turn it up. Um, gosh, that's hilarious. Um, but yeah, no, that, that kills me here. Um, and we had a comment here from Revy G saying, you realize Josh Allen didn't take his leap until his third game that year. I'd have to look at the game by game, but I'm pretty sure he took a leap midway through his second season. And also if you're talking, uh, purely Josh Allen here, I don't view the quarterback position as just passing stats. Um, it would be like looking at a point guard only counting assists as for how they're yep. valuable. You know, scoring and defense matters too. Um, and for the quarterback position, that also means rushing the football. And you cannot find a better red zone weapon in football right now than Josh Allen. And that's been the case even when he was struggling um, as the as a passer his rookie season. So um, I don't think that uh, I agree with that comment, but I'd have to sit down and actually look at the data. 
So yeah. Um, well, so, yeah. I, go ahead. Go I, ahead. I would add a little bit more to that uh, of just Josh Allen took the path that you like to see with quarterbacks. Of yes, mm-hmm. rookie year he struggled, had zero talent around him on that team. Go back and look at what they were in 2018. It, it was pretty pathetic. 2019, he took a step forward. Now, he wasn't like all of a sudden a top 10 quarterback, but he went from like 30th to, to 20th. And yeah. and you saw those signs of, of progression and, and making quarterback decisions and all those kind of things. And then, of course, third year exploded onto the scene. Locke yeah. kind of went rookie year, showed a little bit of promise. Sophomore mm-hmm. year, took that sophomore slump, took that huge step backwards. And and now you're kind of having to try to hope maybe he can do something year three. Yep. And, uh, you know, they, they brought in competition. It's not like they said, hey, you know what? We're done with you, Drew. They said, we've brought in competition. Now go earn this job. And yep. has he done that? We'll, we'll find out. And he's I mean, better they, than he was last year. We, I yeah. think we need a full stop. He's not going to – if you play Drew Locke this year, you have a chance to do some stuff because he has improved. It's not yep. like we're obviously starting the worst quarterback in the NFL. It's hopeless. Not at all. I mean, you're, you heard it from Vic Fangio today. Uh, Pat Shermer, I think, spoke as well. Like, the reason it's not decided yet is because both these quarterbacks are going out there and doing what we ask of them. Yeah, exactly. That's a good situation. We don't have there's, – there's no way to spin that negative unless you have an ulterior motive, uh, which I'd have to question. Yeah. Um, so we got to get to these Super Chats because they're pouring yeah. in now. Uh, Notch coming in. Hey, brothers, do you see the split at running back as far as touches throughout the season? Uh, Carl, go ahead. Well, I, I think early on you're going to see probably a little bit more of like a 60-40 towards Gordon split. Yep. Um, and then as the season progresses, maybe reverse that where they're getting 60 with uh, uh, with Javante yeah. compared. To, uh, you know, I think they're going to try to use it more when that gets to the colder months. And But I, I do have to say it did worry me a little bit, his drop yeah. in this past game. He does have some concentration drops. He makes like some really ridiculous catches that in college he made some great ones, but some of the easier ones are the ones that he struggles with. And so I think especially early on those third down plays, they're going to trust Gordon a little bit more to be on the field. Yep. I think it's going to go 65, 35 earlier leaning Gordon and uh, we'll see how that uh, shifts as the season goes, but it's not going to be as much as you, as I would disagree a little bit as you're talking about a kind of a transition from Gordon to Williams. That's certainly possible. I think it's going to be far more dictated on health. I think when you've got two backs like that, especially with how much the Broncos are going to want to run the football and just the nature of the game, if somebody is playing at 80% because they have a hamstring or a turf toe or something like that, then you might see the the, uh, carry shift one way or the other. Also, Mike Boone's in the wings, who was looking really good before his injury also. So don't want to discount him. um, But I think early on, Gordon's the guy to, uh, to lean into. Um, when it comes to that. And we got a big, super generous uh, super chat coming in here from Seth Harmon. Seth, God bless you, man. This is this is so incredibly generous. I'm not sure. Oh, okay. He's just kidding. I was reading the first one. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> well, good. I don't have to uh, I don't have to sit here and be like, thank you so much. Um, Brett Rippon, Sam Darnold, <laughs> then Teddy Bridgewater. Just kidding. I'm excited to watch either Locke or Teddy Bear beat the Chiefs at least once and put the Broncos in the playoffs. This pod is awesome. Well, Seth, you're awesome. Also appreciate the humor because I was yep. panicking there for a second because first I saw the name <laughs> and the thing and then I started reading the content and I was like, oh, buddy, I'm going to have to let you down so gently. I might have to like kiss your nose and tuck you in or something just because I, I was not ready for this. Um, but uh, thank you so much, Seth. That means a lot. Um, what do you think there, Carl? Any uh, any thoughts there as far as beating the Chiefs? Well, I mean, Brett Rippon does have the best uh, quarterback wins rating. Mm. He's 1-0. 
Sample so. size, schmample size, right? Like, <laughs> who cares? Just, just wanted to put that out there. He's got the best winning percentage in the NFL right now. Uh, but no, I, I think, I do think the Broncos stand a really good chance against the Chiefs this year. They got a great yeah. defense that can go out there and match up against a lot of their different weapons and, and keep this game close. They got a run game that helps to keep Patrick Mahomes off the field. I mean, really, the, the Colts kind of put out the the way to beat them. Of course, Tampa have won their way as well. You know, four rushing, seven dropping back, that kind of thing on defense. But but the Colts did a great job earlier that year of running the football, picking up first downs, eating clock, giving the Chiefs fewer and fewer drives to go out there and do something, and and just hope that they're going to miss a couple of the big plays as they go about it, and and just hang in there. Hang in there to the very end. Sometimes the Chiefs just blow out teams so early, they, they just take the soul of the team that they're playing. Yep. And, uh, I mean, sometimes I think uh, Patrick Mahomes plays a little bit too much outside of structure. I don't think that Chiefs roster is as talented as it uh, has been. They really need some help at the pass catcher. I mean, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey is as good of a one-two punch. See what I did there. Um, as any in the NFL. Um, but uh, those are the – besides that, I'm like, Nicole Hardman, I can't even – off the top of my head, I can't even think of another Chiefs wide receiver um, that's doing anything because I think they lost to Marcus Robinson. Uh, nobody else comes to mind. Um, so that's a team I think can be beat. I know they spent a lot of resources in the offensive line, but that doesn't guarantee things happening, uh, turning around right away. So uh, we'll see. Um, DBA coming in here saying, what QBs do you like in the draft if you don't think the future is on the roster? Um, it's a little early for me uh, to say exactly how I would stack some guys up. Um you guys know early last year in the process, I was saying, like, we're talking about Mac Jones early, but, like, why are we not talking about Carson Strong or uh, Desmond Ritter or some other kind of off-the-wall guys who I would have put similar to the Mac Jones in tier? Um, yeah. So those are two that stick out to me. Um, I've always been a Malik Willis fan, but he is way more uh, projection than uh, actual output right now because he's got a rocket arm. He's a good athlete, but he's got he's to put a lot together um, to be yeah. a, a top 10 pick at quarterback. I'm not the biggest Sam Howell fan. I think he is a first round quarterback, but he's like, he's kind of like the way I viewed Baker Mayfield, right? Like if he went first overall, which still I don't get, but I mean, I, I like Josh Rosen. So what the hell do I know? Um, but um, uh, that's uh, I see some Baker Mayfield with less arm talent there. Um, and Spencer Rattler, love Spencer Rattler, probably going number one overall, unless the off field stuff is really bad. Yeah. Another name I'll throw out there is Matt Corral. I love his game. He is a little bit more athlete than quarterback at this point. Mm-hmm. And so I want to see him for another season and see what he can bring to the table. He had two really, really bad games last year, like mm-hmm. six interceptions against Arkansas kind of game. But if you take out his two bad games, and I know you can't do that. Yeah. The man was on fire last year. And uh, so if he can become more consistent this year, get better on his reads, get better with his mechanics, I think he could really climb up some boards and surprise some people. So that's another name to throw out there. But we got Dr. Steve Brule, MD, coming in here with the 799 Super Chat. Really appreciate that. Did you uh, ever watch oh. the show? Did you ever watch Check It Out with Dr. Steve Brule? Uh-uh. Oh, it's a John C. Riley. It was like an Adult Swim, very okay. basic cable television show. Absolutely hysterical. I'm okay. going to send you one after this show's over. Um, shout out just the name. Um, God, what a funny <laughs> show. Um, yeah. Go ahead. All right. Uh, Dalton Bengals got wins. I want Super Bowls, and so does Vaughn. If Drew gets traded, I hope he Tannehill's us. <laughs> he showed improvement where he had to. Well, Are you cheering? For, I gotta ask. I know you. I appreciate the super chat here. Maybe that's Australian money there at the A. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but um, you're cheering in spite of the Broncos there. So this is the question where it's like, are you cheering for the name on the front of the back or the front of the jersey or the back of the jersey? Right? Like, don't yeah. we want the same here with the Broncos succeeding? Uh, does it matter which quarterback it is? As long as they're not out here like, being Tyree Hill off the field, then who cares? But right? Like, I don't under I don't really understand why Broncos country is getting so at each other about this. We want we should, in my eyes at least, want the same thing. Winning football, a good team, good guys, winning football. Yep. Doesn't matter. I don't give a hoot which one it is. Why does it matter? Yeah. And and I think if the team is I think if the team is really thinking Drew Locke is winning us Super Bowls, especially this year, yeah, they're they're, they're not having this debate back and forth. No, and you know maybe Drew surprises people, maybe he really proves them wrong, and and you know kudos to him if he does. You know that, yeah. that's great. But uh, we do have an update on our stars here. We got Stuart McPeak coming in here with five thousand stars. Stu, you that's, are awesome. I, I just have to, to say that. Love it. Uh, then we got Butch Butch with 600, Gary Leeds Palmer with 500, Andrew Lampy with 500, Travis Tarbox with 200, Travis Weber uh, coming in with 125, and Dave Glassman with 50 stars. Guys, that that is just uh, tumbling to see. We really appreciate it. It is it is awesome to see. And uh, so, yeah. uh, like I said, you get in for that Von Miller jersey. It, it's an awesome. I mean, I've got a Von Miller jersey. It's my one of my favorites to wear on a Sunday. And I, I, I hope one of you can out that just put in all those stars can win it this year. Yeah. All right. We got Stu McPeak actually coming in here saying our special teams coaching needs changing. Oh my God. That was, that was honestly, I, I watched that game um, today uh, before doing the live stream. Um, so I woke up really early to watch it, um, but I didn't, wasn't paying attention to Twitter on that or anything. That was one of my first takeaways was, are you freaking kidding me? Here we go again. Losing yeah. the third phase. We have offense, like outside the questions of quarterback, offensive line looks like hopefully it'll be average. But like this team isn't explosive enough with a firepower where you uh, you can constantly lose that third phase of football. Now we have a good kicker, Brandon McManus, good kicker. That's fine. But like the coverage units constantly been bad. And especially with how many mid-round picks they've had and how much they've spent on depth in those lower level guys, there's no excuse at this point for the special teams to be this bad. And I think Vic uh, singled him out today as well. So uh, Tom McMahon, you're, I, I'm typically somebody, you know, calm, patient, whatever, you know, not too high, not too low. <laughs> I'm freaking done with Tom McMahon. I'm so yeah. fed up with him. And uh, I know that co- firing a coach um, before the season is never a good look, but like if the Broncos special teams comes out and looks bad against the Rams, eight stringers or whatever the hell the Rams are going to play. Yeah. I, I seriously consider firing him. Like, is, are, are you kidding me at this point? Yeah. What, what are you even hanging on to him for? Well, his units are just so undisciplined. Their their lanes. I mean, you see like four guys like right next to each other, and you're going, "How in the world did you all just get into one spot here?" This, this is like worst case scenario. This is what yeah. teams want you to do to bunch together like this. And uh, and so, hey, well, we got Stu McPeak coming back in. What, what what's your thoughts on special teams and our coordinator? Uh, really appreciate that super chat, Stu. You, you've just been a, a superstar here today, and uh, really appreciate that. But yeah. It, it is. It's the one area that I remember. I can't remember what year it was. The Chargers were first in offensive efficiency and first in defensive efficiency, dead last in special teams. Guess what? They missed the playoffs that year. Special teams cost them games. And and so it's a unit that you cannot forget. You can't just sit there and say, and eh, don't worry about it. It matters. Yeah. Field position. I, I just looked at a, a chart that showed 
Broncos starting position compared to ending position on each drive. Broncos are some of the worst at starting position and, and some of the worst at ending position on drives. Yeah. You know, it, it's so much harder to go 90 yards than it is 40 yards. <laughs> that, that's why special teams again, matters in those kind of numbers. Yep. Well, I hope we answered that Stu. Thank you so much for your comments. Um, and just gen- generosity constantly today. It's been yeah. pretty eye opening. Um, talking about earlier, talking about, uh, Drew Locke versus Bridgewater, some comments on that one. Um, people are saying that we're tired of the same old song and a big investment in lock. Um, I would dis- disagree in a big investment in lock. Um, a second round pick is small potatoes compared to an investment in the quarterback position. You want to talk about a big investment in quarterback. Look what the 49ers did going up from, for Trey Lance. That's yep. a big investment or the, even the bears moving up for, uh, moving up for Justin Fields. The Broncos had a chance to pick Drew Locke three times three times and they didn't and he was falling then and they ended up trading up to go get him and he's outperformed most second round picks at the quarterback position let's let's call that out that's fact um but still it's not a big investment in luck um that they moved that you know other second round picks recently uh christian hackenberg uh chad henney i think was another one um pat white dating us a few years ago on that one just second round pick geno smith off the top of my head you know He's been better than most of those guys, but not big investments, right? That that did not sink the team. If anything, yeah. it's sticking on a guy too long when they're not it. It's it, that's what sinks the team, and you overinvest there. Yeah. Um, Anthony Bomber coming in here saying some fans really think this team can't make the playoffs with either quarterback. The Broncos have a possible top five defense and play a top five easiest schedule. Currently, that's what they're predicting. We'll see. Yeah. The season hasn't even started yet. There'll be some outlier teams. Um, the quarterbacks aren't that bad. We should be okay. And I, God bless you, Anthony. I agree with you here. Maybe again, maybe the long-term option isn't on this roster for quarterback. That's probably true for 40 to 50% of the teams in the league around the quarterback though. the Broncos have a really good young nucleus. Defense should be as good as it's been since 2016, maybe even 2015. And this offensive core is scattered with talent. You have a lot of good investments in the offensive line that should be progressing and playmakers all across the board. If the quarterback can just be average, this team should make the playoffs. Now things happen. There's no guarantees in football. That's what makes this sport so great. Um, yep. But the, the Broncos are not in a bad spot. It just makes it tough because we're in this same song and dance where it's a quarterback, 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 but all is not lost, right? There's still so much to be excited about. And there's definitely reasons to think the Broncos can not only make the playoffs, but get hot. Once you get in, anything can happen. I mean, people, nobody yep. thought anything of that uh, Titans team in what was it? 2019 where they went up against, maybe it was 2020. That was 2019, where they 2019, where they went up against the Ravens. They curb stomped them. Good defense and a strong run game in a one game sample size rode them all the way to the AFC Championship game. Yeah, and had the Chiefs on the ropes. Yes. Yeah, should have won that game. I mean, the team that played the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers the toughest last year was starting Chad Henneke, Chris Taylor Henneke, Taylor Heineke. There we go. go. At quarterback, (laughs) the Washington football team. But they had yep. a great defense, and they almost—I mean, Tampa Bay still won that game. But like, that was a close game for a little bit. Shouldn't have been. They Tyler Heineke at the quarterback. So, uh, quarterback's extremely important. Obviously, you don't want to understate it. But in a one-year sample size, you can get by with both of these guys being bottom third and make the playoffs. Right. No doubt. Right. No doubt. And, and and I would say also with the idea that the Broncos are wanting to possibly go the veteran direction next year, with possible guys like Russell Wilson being available. Watson, we'll see if his legal issues get picked, cleaned up. Rodgers as well. It, it sells them on a team a lot more 
when they see that this team has had recent success. Think about Peyton Manning, 2011. Just saw the Broncos actually make the playoffs with Tim Tebow at quarterback. And he's sitting there saying, look at some of these young guys. Look at DT. Look at uh, Eric Decker. You know, they got no Sean Moreno. They've got an offensive line that looks pretty good. This is a place I think I could probably go have some success. If that team is like 4-12 and that year, does Peyton Manning sit there and say that's a viable option? I don't think so. And and so, you know, I I know some people are talking about draft position and saying, you know, either let's shoot for the moon or burn it to the ground. You know, sometimes it's not the worst thing to actually look like a good team. Plus, it builds confidence in your young players. You know, there's there's a lot of positives and negatives. Like you and I, we're kind of like the the Madden guys. Like we want the top draft picks, and you know, let's let's go build this team in a crazy way. All those kind of things. But but the reality is, sometimes winning does really make a big difference. Yeah, I'm here. Hello. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Yeah. No, winning does make a big difference. I want to get to Anthony here. Anthony, or excuse me, Mike has a been obviously a big Drew Lock supporter here for a while, and I want to get to his comments here because, um. I feel like I just sometimes had to put the brakes in for like the hype machine um, because it leans so, so one way. I'm like, okay, let's have some perspective here. And I feel like that's kind of where I've gotten with the Drew Locke stuff. But, and I, but I still feel like I sprinkle it with a lot of optimism and just realism at the same time. Um, but he's talking about the quarterback here saying another factor for the quarterback evaluation is defense, special teams, field position, offensive coordinator, uh, competence, none last year could go on and on. And um, you know, that's true. But at some point, if you are the guy at quarterback, that stuff doesn't freaking matter. You're either good enough or not. You're never going to have a perfect situation in the NFL. This isn't like college football where there are like three super teams surrounded by incredible talent and paying their coaches 10 times as much as every other team. There's a salary cap and these, the league makes it really difficult to, there's that competitive balance because of the salary cap and how the draft is set up. It's never going to be perfect. And if you want to do the excuses game, I mean, you can make excuses for Bridgewater too. I'm not here for the excuses. I hate them. Go out there and play or get off the field. Um, but like Teddy Bridgewater coming back from an injury, um, offensive coordinator, first time offensive coordinator, wasn't even offensive coordinator at LSU. He was like the passing game coordinator and Joe Brady. They didn't even practice the red zone last year. Lost Christian McCaffrey, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, like, okay, those are things that have got to this point. Okay, now what? what? What does that mean? Like, go play or we're moving on. Then that goes right. for both quarterbacks. And maybe that makes me the right. grumpy old curmudgeon here. Um, but I'm just, I'm tired of excuses, right? Like, go yep. play or move on. Well, I mean, that brings us to Mr. Boggins saying uh, with the 499 Super Chat, I'm over it. Don't care who's quarterback one. Wake me before the Giants game. You know, it, it is. It's kind of at that point where we could talk that to death and I, I Got into it a little bit on Twitter a little bit earlier. Probably should have just stopped. Um, but, you know, people were kind of talking. All of a sudden, they start getting into the whole, like, well, Drew had this, this, this happen to him in, in 2020. And and I'm like, no, we've talked about this. You know, I, I've talked to those exact people before. And I'm just like, it, it's not worth getting back into this argument. You know, yeah. we've all said our piece at this point, And whoever's going to be the starter is going to be the starter. We get behind them. And, you know, honestly, because both quarterbacks have an injury history, there's probably a good chance we're going to see both quarterbacks at some point this year anyway. And, uh, you know, it, so it just, I, I don't know. It, it, it is, it's just kind of out of our hands. I mean, it's never been in our hands, I guess, but it, it's still, <laughs> but it's still at this point, it's just kind of like, it's going to be what it's going to be. Yep. And, uh, you can either piss and moan into the wind about it, or you can just accept it and hope for the best and, uh, cheer for the 
the name on the front, not the name on the back. I'm hoping that comes out to be case, uh, comes out to be the case. And I've said on here a hundred times, ideally, I would like Drew Locke to win the situ, uh, win the battle. I think it was Benjamin Albright quote quoting or uh, referencing George Payton saying that well, Payton had hoped that Locke would take the quarterback competition and win it and run away with it. Not that he was George Payton's guy, but he was hoping that bringing in Teddy Locke would take that next step to become the guy because. Let's, let, we've said it on here. The best case for this Broncos was for Drew Locke to be that guy. Teddy's been competent. Drew Locke has raised his game. All very good things. What does that mean for the regular season? Remains to be seen. Um, we'll see also what Vic Fangio has to do with the quarterback decision here. Um, but coming in with some hard decisions here, man, you guys, not actually not that hard. Donating to us is the easiest thing they'll decide to do all day. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but Stu McPeak still rocking that 5,000. Andrew Lampy though, coming in close, man. On, on your heels, Stu. Uh, Andrew Lampy with 3,000 now. Butch Butch, 750. Gary Leeds Palmer, I always love Gary. He's consistent day and night. He's in there for the uh, Broncos for breakfast, coming in for uh, building the Broncos now. 500. Travis Tarbox is also in the house. I really, I really enjoy Travis. Travis also, not only being generous on here, always has good comments in the chat as well and keeps things uh, loose and in perspective, uh, which I really appreciate because if you've scrolled down crew across any socials recently, Broncos country has been at their necks. I'm ready for some real football where we can kind of be, you know, hating the Raiders again. That's when times are good. Um, but uh, thank you guys all so much uh, for the, the stars and uh, let's keep, let's keep it rolling here. Let's keep going. And I know there's some uh, other stars as well um, that are on the way. Oh, Travis Weber. And of course, Dave Glassman, Dave is always uh, consistent as well. Uh, we appreciate the heck out of you guys. Um, but yeah, Carl, let's, here we go. We got Shane dog coming in here saying Carl is hundred percent correct. Both are going to see time this season. And, uh, I hope you're not. I hope that's not the case because that means that either somebody got hurt or somebody lost the job. Um, yeah. I hope it would be amazing if the Broncos just pick one and then they just roll to a what would it be a twelve and five record this season and make the playoffs. God bless whoever's yeah. on that quarter, uh, whoever's on the bench there. I hope they have so many great shots of them smiling with their teammates holding the clipboard in their hands. Um, that'd be amazing. But uh, you're probably right when you say that. Uh, you'll probably see both of them this season. Yeah. I, I like this one from Mike Postle saying, you guys confuse excuses with facts. Well, I mean, I, I'd say both. Right. And, and I'd say you got to give it for both of them. Then you can't just say only one has all these issues. And the other one had this perfect situation. Like I said, that there is no perfect situation for any quarterback in the NFL, really. Uh, and it just, that, that's just the way it goes. I'd say the yep. closest somebody had mentioned Tom Brady early in his career, you know, had a top 10 rushing team, top 10 defense, really to start off great offensive line. Mostly he just was asked every once in a while to make a play. And obviously then he turned into a great quarterback as time went on. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, they can be reasons why there was struggle, but at the same time, there is a point where you have to just say a guy has to be able to stand on his own two feet and rise above it. I mean, George uh, Payton just, said that a week ago, like with the, yeah. the the combined practice said, what's a franchise quarterback? Well, somebody who can be independent of the players around them and succeed when the offensive line isn't doing well and the pass weapons aren't as good as possible. Here's your sign, guys. Like he's, he's talking to the Broncos quarterbacks here saying, if you if anybody thinks these guys are franchise quarterbacks, you know, we haven't seen it yet, even close to it, because they haven't been able to succeed without this. And you have to be able to succeed without that. I mean, Peyton Manning 2015 was not very good but he was able to overcome some of that stuff with that. Let's just call it degrading offense. Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders declining quickly at that point in their, their careers. Offensive line was trash. I mean, can you even name the offensive line of the, especially the tackle? Sorry. I think Tyler Plumbus was one. Don't let this get to him. I respect the heck out of him and what he does as an analyst, but uh, still like it's, 
franchise quarterbacks hard to come by. Um, but we got Jordan coming in here talking about quarterbacks. Uh, how hard is it to see that Teddy is playing at a ceiling right now? Is that is that the ceiling you want? The 22nd best quarterback? Um, well, I'm I'm so tired of the ceiling and floor stuff. Who's the best guy right now? Who's yeah. going to who's going to win us football games? And also these another thing about this as well. It's like, "Oh man, this this team has no future with Teddy Bridgewater." Well, are you sure that it has a future with Drew Locke? No, nobody does. Um, and you have all these young offensive linemen, offensive weapons galore that are dependent on the quarterback to execute the scheme, the reads, the passes properly for them to be put in the right situation to develop and grow themselves, right? Like these guys yeah. don't just like, they're not going to grow the same with Drew Locke versus Teddy Bridgewater. A quarterback who's getting them in the right situation, making the right reads is going to help facilitate growth of these younger players. So if that's, if that makes you lean Teddy over Drew, even though Teddy you think is more capped, I don't think it's a bad argument to have. Right. Well, and I would add saying, uh, is it hard to see that Teddy's playing at his ceiling? Well, preseason, he has a quarterback rating of about 140. Yeah. He scored on all four drives that he's been in three of them, touchdowns, one field goal on a play where a touchdown got called back for hands to the face by a guy that had very little impact on the actual play. So yeah, if that's his ceiling, I'll take that all day, every day. I know that's obviously not going to be carried off into the season. And I know some people probably bring up, there's no way they go for it on that fourth and five. I, I know all that. I, I've had that discussion with a lot of people over the time, but I mean, he, he showed he, he can do some things. He can still go out there and, and make plays and, and keep an offense moving. I mean, that one thing that the, the Panthers were good at last year, they were one of the best teams in football and not going three and out. He, yeah. he keeps the ball moving. I think they only had three and outs on 12.3% of their drives. The Broncos were bottom 10 yep, and at like 20.3 or something like that, where, yeah, Carolina was top three in that category. So again, they, they both have positives and negatives when you're looking at their games. And I think both are viable this season. So I don't know why we're just in such a, angry place at each other. I guess people have these yeah. preconceived notions of uh, what this season would be and what it would look like. Um, but, uh, you know, control the controllables, guys. That's what a football coach would tell you. Uh, Brian, just wanted to get to you here real quick. I bought stars three weeks straight. Where's my name? Well, here's your name right now, Brian. Thank you very much, Brian. But also, um, oh, here it is right here. Uh, boom. I think this, um, what our producer was showing in the background was not just the cumulative stars, but the stars for the show happening right now. Um, so, uh, if you hadn't donated stars today, wouldn't see it, but there you are, Brian. Um, there's your name. God bless you. Thank you so much for your support. And, uh, you know, we, we just really appreciate the heck out of you. Um, and Brian, there you go, Brian, you're in the top 15, man. That's a, <laughs> that's something that if, if you were an Iowa state fan, you'd be ecstatic about, you'd be planning the parade, just being in the top 15, um, had to get an Iowa state dig in today. Um, just because the football's coming I mean, we're a couple weeks away from high school football. I'd be really excited about that. Um, but Carl, let's, uh, let's shift gears a little bit. Um, okay. as far as, uh, we're talking quarterbacks, you both know where we, you guys know where we stand. We're not too high, not too low. And if it's either guy, that's great. I just want to win some games. Um, but, uh, what else did you get from the Seahawks game? I know we haven't talked much. Anybody standing out to you as far as, I mean, this is building the Broncos. Anybody standing out that's making you maybe change your idea about the formulation of this roster and, uh, some needs, uh, depth, uh, going forward. Well, I mean, obviously Jonathan Cooper coming out of nowhere. Yeah, I, I figured there was a good chance they were going to try to IR him this year. And then I thought that that would affect Baron Browning. 
that maybe they'd have to move him to edge this year to make yeah. up for not having much depth at that position. But but Cooper, man, that guy is just on a tear. He didn't have rookie minicamp. He didn't have you know regular minicamp. Just started here at training camp, and boom, that guy explodes onto the scene. It, it has been fun to see, and I'm excited to, to watch him moving forward. It doesn't take edge rusher out of the mix because you can never have enough edge rushers, but it's still nice to see. Uh, of course, you've got defensive line. There's been a bunch of guys that have, have shown, shown through, but Williams at this last game having mm-hmm. fumble recovery, having an interception. He was great against the run as well. I think he's had four or five defensive stops in the run game. So that guy is making a name for himself to make this roster and and really be a big part of the rotation. I thought he's outplayed Ajim. And I like yeah. Ajim. And he's been great in training camp from everything that we've been reading. And so it just makes me all that more excited about our defensive line. It has youth. It has veterans. It's got a little bit of everything that you could ever want. And it's just nice to see because like last year, a couple guys went down. You're going, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? And and this year, that's definitely not the case. Yeah, I agree with you. Jonathan Cooper is somebody who stands out a lot. He was all over the field. I don't know if it's a classic Seattle's offensive line is trash situation because they've been so bad for so long. Um, but he was definitely a game wrecker in that game. I don't know if he changes the formula for me for this Broncos team going forward as far as an eventual replacement for Von Miller. That's right. definitely a possibility. I still think that edge is a position that I myself would be investing in first round picks. Um, so even if Jonathan Cooper is playing really well and you have Bradley Chubb, I'd still be looking to invest a first round pick. Um, but I think it does change the formula for somebody like Malik Reed, where if let's say Malik Reed's looking for that contract to make him top 25 paid and starting gigs elsewhere. I got Jonathan Cooper here for three, two to three more years where he's offering me probably a little bit better base, you know, maybe not the same in coverage and space, but that's that's okay. You have Baron Browning, right? Coming around the wings, it kind of does a little bit of that hybrid yeah. stuff more on the coverage side. Um, and then uh, Jonathan Cooper can be that guy off the bench. I'm, like I said, though, I'm still probably looking to invest a first-round pick of that edge rusher once Vaughn leaves just because I think that personally built f- getting four guys who can get after the passer is the straw, straw that stirs the drink for any defense. Um, but uh, still, Jonathan Cooper is one who stands out a lot to me. Um, somebody else who has stood out to me, a lot is, uh, and maybe not in the best way. Um, I thought Alexander Johnson had not the best game um, yeah. watching the watching the coverage unit. I felt like he was taking a lot of missteps and misdirection and being fooled by pre-snap stuff with not even Russell Wilson out there. Um, and that was creating a lot of space um, when he was heading the wrong direction. And I know it's just preseason and we're up analyzing uh, not the most important reps out there, but like this is a guy in a contract year where you're not showing what's happening with Josie Jewell. You're not sure what's happening with Justin Strenaud, Baron Browning behind him, maybe an investment in the linebacker coming up here. Um, Alexander Johnson probably needs to play his best football possible this season for his own life and career. And especially because he's old too, right? Like he's 29 or 30. I mean, I'm 29 or 30, right. but like for a football <laughs> player, he's getting yeah. up there. Um, so uh, that was one that stood out to me as like a, well, I was hoping for better than what I saw. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, what have you thought about the offensive line? Cause I know I've seen a couple of people ask mm, about yeah. like Cushenberry. Um, you know, I, I think he looks better than he did last year, but he was like bottom three center in football last year. And so it's yeah. going to be hard to not be a little bit better. I, I wish he could get a little bit more push in the run game. I think if this run game struggles this year, Cushenberry is going to be a big reason why, because they can't get those inside zone runs going 
because he's not getting the push enough to really open up some holes. He's probably my biggest disappointment um, from what I've watched so far, because typically interior offensive linemen, especially one that was a day late day two pick, um, you want to give them the benefit of the doubt that first year um, because it is such a physical position. Their body changes so much from year to year one to year two in the NFL. Um, so you'd hope to see him take steps forward this year that he will take have taken some steps forward, but to the point where he is a viable center. Right now, I'm really questioning that. And given, like you said, how little push he's getting in the run game, as well as um, still, I don't know if he's the most competent in the pre-snap check kind of stuff there for the offensive line. Um, not that he's bad, not, not that he's struggling there, but like it's not to the point where it's like, okay, well, it's like, got it. You're a base Cardinal fan, right? Got your Molina early in his career could not hit for squat. Didn't matter. He could go out there and just take it out every time. He was that good defensively. And uh, with handling a pitching staff, calling the game. Yep. Um, then he became a 300 hitter. God bless Gary Molina. Um, but if the center was super intelligent, blah, 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 getting the pre- pre-line checks and everything right, and, you know, okay, run blocker, pass blocking, I could get by. I just don't think it's that level on top of not doing very good. Not only not getting a push, but getting pushed back sometimes yep. as well, disrupting the pocket. And uh, if you're playing Drew Locke especially, that's a concern because Drew Locke, when he feels pressure, alarm bells go off. Sometimes yep. great things happen from that. Sometimes not great things happen from that. So uh <laughs> Cushenberry has really um disappointed me and yep. it's upsetting to found because I'm worried about fan push for uh Miners well before he's ready. Miners might be a great center one day. Don't I'm not if you thrust him in this season I'm going to be shocked. And, yeah. Unless the season's passed away, you have like three games left, and like, okay, we need to get him reps. That's a different conversation. But Miners right. out of the gate, I'd be shocked. I would be yeah. so shocked if he was the starter. All right, well, we got Jelly coming in with the $2 Super Chat asking about a couple of the young guys here in the secondary. My guys, how's Jamar Johnson doing and Kerry Vincent Jr.? Um, has, I'm going to be honest with you. Has Jamar Johnson even played? Like, I feel like yes. I haven't even noticed him. PJ Locke and Caden Stearns have outshined him so much. That Jamar Johnson doesn't, he might even be cut. I mean, that's honestly, that's, that's a take. He might even be cut. Um, yeah. I, I know, I know Mike Kliss put out his usual projected 53 man roster. He did not have Jamar Johnson making this roster. That's, yeah, unfortunately, injuries, missed time because of, of the, the sick bug that's going around. Um, then he got into the game yep. this last week. He missed some tackles. He missed some assignments. He was late yep. getting to the ball. It wasn't that he was a bad tackler. I think it was more just because he was so late diagnosing things. He was out of position to go make the play. Mm-hmm. And and so that that's not a great look for a guy that's trying to make the roster. And you're kind of going, can we really stash this guy when we need depth? We need guys for special teams. And here's a guy that maybe is struggling with tackling or recognizing what's going on. Uh, now, Vincent Jr., he made a a few nice little pass breakups in this past game yeah. looks like a guy that has a future with the team. I'm not sure if he makes the roster just because of, of a numbers game, but I, I do like his potential. The Michael Ojemudia injury actually might be the saving grace for him making the roster out of the gate. Uh, do they have, they have the short-term designation this season again, I believe they do um, for guys coming off. So ha- uh, Ojemudia with not a serious injury, but that hamstring uh, you could see him going on the list. Um, so then it would come down between, uh, Kerry Benson Jr. And Nate Harrelson, um, maybe even Nate Harrelson Jr. As well. Um, but the, those are 
definitely guys who could make the roster. It sounds like Jamar Johnson, he's been struggling. Also, shout out to PJ Locke and Caden Stearns because how good they've been as well. It's not just that Jamar Johnson has been, you know, a non-factor out there. It's that Locke and Stearns have been very good. Um, yep. So excited about that. And Kerry, I thought he did stand out. He's one I was hoping to sneak on the practice squad, but with the Ojemudi injury, the math might might have changed a little bit. So um, yeah. we'll see about that. The only thing is, and I, I go back and forth of how much I like this about the IR rule, that you have to have Ojemudia on your original 53. Oh, you're and right. And then put him on IR. So you'd actually have to mm-hmm. cut Vincent, yeah. hope that no team takes him, yeah, and then bring him back. So you're taking a little bit of you're risk right. that you could be losing a talented player there. But at the same time, I don't think you want to bench Ojemudia for the year either. So I think that'd be a risk worth taking to try to see if you can sneak him onto the practice squad or sneak him onto the 53 after putting Ojemudi on the, the short-term IR. Yeah, and uh, we got Robert coming in here saying, who replaces Kush? Um, I guess in this situation, it'd be Glasgow. Um, and you play Moody, but I know everybody was screaming for Moody last week. Moody, Moody, Moody was not good in the Seattle game, folks. No. He, uh, <laughs> he was bad. He was not good. Um, so uh, that's probably, you're probably going to see the starting five is what they were last year. Plus Massey instead of, uh, oh gosh, who was the right tackle last year? He was on the team forever. And now I'm drawing a blank out there. Signed with the bears. Wilkinson. Wilkerson. Wilkinson? Yeah. Wilkerson. Wilkerson. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's what you'll see. Uh, this year, probably out of the gates, um, but I don't know if there is a uh, replacement. It's probably more of a long-term thing with miners who was an investment um, more so than an immediate uh, payment there. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, anything else? Yeah. Well, I was trying to think of a couple other offensive players. Uh, Sobert is another that oh, has stuck yes. out at the tight end position, making some really nice catches for the Broncos. Uh, I don't think he's made it to tight end two by any means, but he's at least showing the Broncos are not completely incompetent behind their top two guys. So that that's nice to see. Mm-hmm. And you know, you got Andrew Beck has been eh, nothing that's, that's really jumped off the table. I mean, I, I think he still makes the roster mostly just because of his versatility to play both uh, fullback and tight end, but I don't think he's great at either of them. So <laughs> I, I wish they would have brought in a little more competition for him for that guy that could be versatile in that way. Yeah. Good shout out on Saubert. I thought he, I think he definitely is the tight end too, actually. Um, in my opinion, I think he's a much more competent blocker. Um, and, uh, he's going to give you some good looks and that pass to him probably was the second, one of the best plays of the, uh, preseason so far from Teddy Bridgewater, beautiful pass. Um, so he's one to shout out for as well. Um, and another one that stood out to me so far, who's been great in these games, maybe finally going to live up to his draft status, uh, Royce Freeman. Um, I thought that he's looked really well. And, you know, people like talking about dump down or check down Teddy. Drew Locke's been checking down too in practices apparently. And uh, Royce Freeman with Mike Boone out has been a beneficiary and playing pretty darn well. Um, So, uh, you know, I was never the biggest uh, Royce Freeman fan. I thought that he was a uh, power back who played like a finesse back. And uh, that's not what you want in the NFL, right? Those, you have to get to the holes much quicker and uh, didn't have those wide uh, sets of the offensive line like he had in Oregon that showed quickly in the NFL. Um, but uh, he's looked really good. And uh, with Mike Boone out for a little bit, maybe it'd be great to see uh, Royce Freeman get on the field there and uh, use him for a bit. Uh, he needs to offer more in special teams, which is, you know, who knows. Um, but maybe he's somebody who you hold on. He's competent on the roster and you can kick him for a seventh round pick 
uh, once Mike Boone is back and healthy, a conditional even pick, just just to get something for him rather than outright releasing him because he's still on his rookie contract. He doesn't have that much. He ran a lot at Oregon, but he hasn't ran, been ran that much at uh, Denver. So, you know, there might be a market out there for him, even yeah. if it's a like, super cheap pick. Yeah. It can even so be I, something like you trade Royce Freeman in a seventh for a sixth, right? Yeah. Like that's like, how small is that? But still, you can get maybe get something for him. Okay. Hey, I did have a question for you. We, yeah, we haven't actually talked about this guy because he hasn't even played in a preseason game yet. But how are you bringing Cortland Sutton along going into this season? Mm. Are you letting him play in this final preseason game? Any snaps at all? Nope. No? Okay. Nope. Now, getting Not to the regular all. season then, how many snaps are you giving him week one, percentage-wise? Uh, Probably 20 to 25. Okay. And then seeing how he feels from that, if it's still kind of a slow go and he doesn't look quite right, I'd do the same thing again next week. If he looks good, probably jumping it up to 50 to 60. Um, but the one thing the Broncos are not lacking right now is talent at wide receiver. Um, so that is one area where I am not super. I mean, obviously you want a fully healthy Cortland Sutton because he's probably your best. Uh, maybe not the best because Jerry Judy's probably going to be awesome this year, but he's a really good wide receiver for this team. Um, yeah. One of the best in the NFL when he's healthy. Um, so you want to bring him back slowly. Um, but once you can get him out there healthy, then, you know, full systems go, but I, I'd definitely be conservative because you have Tim Patrick too. You got Jerry Judy, you got tight ends that you can use, uh, Trin, uh, KJ Hamler looks like somebody who you're kind of want to find snaps for this season as well. Um, so if, if it was like Sutton and bust, then maybe you feel a little bit more urgency to get him out there, but you have options. You went through a whole season last year and there were some ups and downs with the rookie wide receivers for sure, but there's talent. So it's, if you can bring, you have the luxury, I guess is what I'm getting at. You have the luxury to bring about Sutton slowly because of that. Yeah. I did want to point this out because we've had a few people bring up Freeman and his blocking. And honestly, that was one of my favorite plays of the entire game, that two-yard touchdown pass to KJ Hamler. Not because they scored a touchdown, not because it was like the best throw ever or anything like that, but in big part just because of everything that went into it to make that play happen. And I'll explain it here in just a sec, but we did want to get to our, our leaderboard here for uh, stars. This is just stars for today, just so everybody kind of knows. Uh, Stuart McPeak coming in here with 5,000. Andrew Lampy with 3,000. Butch Butch with 750. Travis Tarbox with 650. Gary Leeds Palmer with 500. Travis Weber with 125. And Dave Glassman with 50. All of you, I, I just, there are no words to describe just how um, thankful we are for what you guys have done and and how you've contributed. And and like I said, it goes to a, a great opportunity to go win that Von Miller jersey. And I hope, like I said, I hope one of you does. And and we'll get those pictures of you just decking it out and, and looking really, really good with that swag. And of course, you can go find our other swag um, that we have. I mean, Nick's showing off our hat there. Uh, but we also want to say thank you for being super supporters of MHH and for the stars very much. Lots of love. Love it. All right. I, I did want to get back to this, this play just real quick. Just again, that, that pre-snap communication paid off so much in that play of everybody recognizing the slot corners coming in on a corner blitz. That means there's a hole that's back vacated for KJ Hamler to go to Freeman coming across the play, making the block, to set it all up, just everything that that's just showing what happens when 11 guys are on the exact same page and, and go out there and execute. Loved it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh big benefit of uh, getting your team out there. So oh, looks like we just lost Twitch. Hopefully that's not a big deal, but we got Paul coming in here. Love Paul. Paul's always a real one going way back here. 
um man he was uh he was chatting us up on twitter in the days when we were the just the podcasting maybe even one of the first off season so shout out to paul he's a real one um paul says thank you for the 20 dollars super chat um i get a different vibe with this team having more fun love love it i'm excited about this season two of the best people ever nick and carl well paul back at you uh, great looking rookie class so far. We need W's. Not a fan of the divide between Teddy versus Drew. Support both, and uh, that's exactly what we want, guys. Yeah. Right? Just be supportive of both. Um, you can be critical, right? Like we've been critical the whole way. That's part of the job, right? Like that's analyst out here, not not fanalist trying to be an analyst. Um, but uh, you know, it's in the end, we want to win football games. We may have different avenues how we believe would be the best way to go, but um, we want the same thing. So, and also, guys cheer for the same team, right? Like, yeah. let's have some perspective. You're feeling a little heated on Twitter.com, angry, put the phone down, take a walk, maybe pet a dog. I don't know. There's some good <laughs> stuff out there you can do to calm yourself down. Right, right. And, you know, I love, Vic Fangio said it today, that Teddy and Drew are big fans of each other. You know, that's why they're out there playing catch with, with each other after practice, getting in those extra reps and just hanging out. And, uh, you know, that, that's what you love. They're, they're Yes, they're competing for a job. But they're also friends off the field, and they're they're cheering for each other. They're helping each other because they know what's best for the team. Just like yeah. that should be the same for for us as fans of just uh, you know cheering on our team, cheering on whoever is the starter. And if you know they stink, and the other guy comes in, cheering for that guy, and and just seeing what happens. Because as some others have said in our chat here tonight, this is a great roster. This is a team that has a, a great chance to do some some good things, and it does feel a little bit different. I I know I said I wouldn't say this. Um, on Twitter, I'd said, you know, this is one of the least injured teams at this point of the offseason that I've ever seen for the Broncos. You know, uh, there, I'm knocking on wood for you guys. But, you know, they don't have a lot of the, the tweaked hamstrings and ankle injuries and all those kind of things that, that are showing up. They've, they've done a great job of staying healthy. And if this team can stay healthy for the season, really, they, they can make a lot of noise. They can make teams nervous. I don't know about Super Bowl contenders. But they, they can still make some teams really sweat it out against a, a very disciplined team. They didn't have any penalties in this last game. For preseason, that is unheard of. Like, they're being extra critical to prepare teams for the season. And they had zero penalties. That That's good coaching right there. And that, that shows the depth of this team that there's a lot of guys that are coming in that are not completely lost. So I, I am. I'm excited about this team for this year. And it's hard not to be, right? I feel as good about this team um, going into this season as I have since, honest to God, since 2015, right? Like that, and that I'm typically, you know, Mr. Like, well, what about this? What about this? I mean, we were taught, we were critiquing this team on the cusp of the Broncos winning the Super Bowl. Um, so, you know, there's always something they can get better at and improve upon, but um, this should be a good team um, as far as they, st- as long as they stay healthy and the young guys continue to take the steps that they have shown so far um, on the field. So appreciate that. Um, for that comment, uh, Broncos fan phantom 24 coming in here saying it's Larry from Twitter. Uh, Hey Larry, how you doing? Um, just wanted to show support to you guys. Love you guys. Love our debates. Carl and Nick love you trolling (laughs) on Twitter. I don't know if we do much trolling. Um, sometimes I definitely make some comments, uh, tongue in cheek, uh, just to, you know, I feel like I, I roll and then I have to like get something out just to make myself feel better. Um, but I appreciate you Larry and I know that, uh, it's always in good fun and people who actually know us people who actually know us understand the, the jokes and the jokes, especially at our own expense. God, that's, that's like my go-to at my own expense um, (laughs) versus the reality of the situation and what we actually feel. 
Right. And and we we hate zero of you out there on Twitter. You know, even though we get impassioned sometimes in our debates, uh, you know, in the end, it is all love. And we, we love having those conversations, honestly, until it gets to the name calling. Then it's like, dude, come on, we're done. But uh, but no, you, Larry, I know you always keep it uh, on, on this on the good side where it's actual real football conversation. And, and for all of you out there, yeah, please hit us up on Twitter. We love to talk to anybody and everybody about football all the time. And, uh, you know, my wife hates how often my phone dings for everything football related. Uh, but it, it is, it's just, it's, it's fun for us. And this has been fun here tonight. So we really appreciate everybody joining us and, and all of our stars, contributors, super chats, and, and just everybody in the chat. And man, we're up to 53 likes, hearts, and wows faces. Wow. Harry Carpenter coming in with a wow face. Love it. And, uh, so we, we really appreciate that everybody. And, you know, everybody on YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, Twitter, everywhere around, man. It, it just, it's so much fun to be a part of Broncos country. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, shout out to Dave as well, um, saying, uh, you know, dealing with some health stuff there with his, uh, his friends, family. So, um, yep, thinking about you and your family, Dave, and uh, your friends, family as well. Um, but uh, appreciate you stopping in, hanging out with us. And hopefully we could give you guys a little bit of a uh, an escape um from the reality right because that's what sports yep. is it's an escape um so hopefully everyone's out there doing safe um we probably got to wrap this up though i know we started a little bit late today um but you know that's that's okay we're typically pretty well on time but love you guys um we'll get to the get on out of here um this has been building the broncos you guys can find us again next tuesday carl are you here next yep. tuesday okay uh, next tuesday with carl and i on building the broncos um we communicate so well don't we guys um you can follow us both on twitter carl of course at carl dumbler mhh and myself at nick kendall mhh while you guys are there follow us at btb football pod as well as at mile high huddle facebook people if you want to be awesome like harry carpenter dropping that wow react make sure you click the thumbs up the heart react the care emoji angry emoji, sad emoji, you know, I'll take all the reactions. We need it all across the spectrum because that's what sports does to us, right? Um, but while you guys are over there, after you click that thumbs up, the like react, the heart react, make sure you also follow, uh, click over at, uh, that's the link, facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle, become a supporter, as well as facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. Um, but thank you everybody for joining us on Facebook side. Also shout out to the stars. We'll get to you guys in a second as well. Um, for you, YouTube folks, subscribe, like, and share, click that little bell notification. So, you know, when we're live, leave a comment. Um, and I know that there's a lot of good, uh, Broncos content creators out there. So we really appreciate you guys making mile high huddle, your flagship, your home. Um, and you know, if you have any Broncos fans or even, you know, rival fans in your life saying, Hey, these guys, you know, they, they may be covering the Broncos, but they keep it real, you know, share us with them as well. Cause I really do appreciate chatting with real um, rival fans. You know, and I, I don't really deal with the homers, you know, my Raiders winning the Super Bowl every year, miss me with those kind of people. Um, but uh, you know, some of the ones who can actually have real conversations. I really do enjoy them. Um, shout out to also everybody joining us today, dropping the supers. Uh, Stu McPeak was in here a heck of a lot. We also had a bunch of supers um, from, uh, gosh, uh, Travis, uh, Weber was one, uh, who else, Carl? I, I need to, our uh, producer Lampy. just hipped out of here. Yeah. Oh yeah. Andrew Lampy, of course. Um, Stu McPeak was in here. Paul was in the house today. Uh, Larry jumped in here as well. Everybody joining us with supers, with stars, with everything coming in there. We appreciate the heck out of you. Um, but man, any thought, final thoughts, Carl, before we get on out of here? No, I, I just, I mean, I'm, I keep coming back to at the end of the day, just remember, we're all fans of, of the same team, and uh, we're here to cheer them on through thick and thin. 
And, you know, you might not always agree with every decision they make. I Every year, there's decisions I'm sitting there going, what are you doing, Broncos? But we'll just see how it plays out. And at the end of the year, hopefully, it's with victory. We'll, we'll see what happens. It's got to be like kind of having a kid, right, Carl? Like, it's like you love them to death and like through thick and thin, you're still going to love them. But sometimes yep. they got to do something and it's just head scratching and it pisses you off and it disappoints yeah. you. <laughs> but in the end, you know, it's it's all love. It, it's, yep. it's all love. Like, I wouldn't be this upset if I didn't care so much. I don't have a kid, so I don't know. That's how I feel about my dog. Oh, oh, it's very much that way every day. <laughs> so oh, the sun's coming in now. I, obviously, the, the time of year is different here in the Pacific Northwest than where I've been. But guys, we're going to get on out of here. Uh, we love you all. Stay safe. Hope everyone's uh, doing well. Uh, I will see you guys again on Thursday morning for Broncos for breakfast. And you guys will see uh, Zach and Chad tomorrow, hopefully keeping the good vibes rolling. But until then, guys, stay classy, stay safe. Go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.